Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we're going to continue to talk about designing a marching band show. Before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free. One way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and purchasing products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web on things like shoes, rifles, and even megavoxes. I know that many times you just continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on larger orders. All you have to do is reach out, give me, a, give me an email, and let's talk about it. Please give us a chance to win your business. Last episode, we talked about how to get started, as well as 10 things that all successful marching bands shows have in common. This week, we'll be talking about the seven steps. <laughs> Pull it together, buddy. Pull okay. it together. This week, we'll be talking about the seven steps to dynamic show design. Step one, be the adult. Don't measure the success of your group 100% on student performance. Make great choices with regards to the difficulty of music and drill, teaching methods, preparation, hiring of staff and designers, etc. And most importantly, do your best to make sure your students look and sound good. Step two, dream big. You have an awesome responsibility to provide your students and audience with a vehicle that will take them on a journey to be remembered. This dreaming stage is where you envision everything that the marching band show could and should be. Step three is control the mood. What feelings and emotions will your show convey? When do you want your audience to feel these emotions? Make a timeline that maps out the emotional journey that you will take people on. And don't just rely on music arrangers and composers to know exactly how to pull this off. Map it out yourself. Step four, tell a great story. You love to watch great movies. Who doesn't? Uh, learn from the best storytellers in the world and borrow from them. Study filmmaking, screenwriting, and storytelling masters and use this knowledge to take your audience on the mood and emotions roller coaster that you've envisioned. Step five, throw in the kitchen sink. When designing your marching man show, you need to take some time to write down or discuss with your staff every crazy idea that comes to mind. Surely, 90% of them will get cut or thrown out, but brainstorm all the possibilities. It's fun. And usually a few of these ideas become the moments we remember. Step six, remember the compulsories. Although there's not truly a set of compulsories in the marching band activity, there are many elements that directors, students, audiences, and of course judges like to see and hear. Loud and soft, fast and slow, technical and lyrical, guard features and drum solos, ensemble drill moments, and basically cool effects. Make a list of these and plan places in your show to show them off. Step seven, know the sheets. If your band program goes to competitions, it goes without saying that judges will be there and they will have a set of sheets that governs what they're listening and looking for. These sheets guide the ranking, rating, and scoring as well. Know the sheets you'll be judged on so that you can plan during the design of your show to maximize the achievement of your group in every caption. Okay, so those are our seven steps. 
Now let's talk about in re the real world, Bobby, I mean, how do you use some of these parts of this seven steps? You know, we're, we're really fortunate to have a great team of people that get together and, you know, Michael Gray is really our, our coordinator for all of this, but he encourages us to dream big. You know, um, we had a show a couple of years ago about philosophers and the idea was to have this, this fence, this wall with a face in the front of the field and we built it and we were kind of standing around looking at it. And Michael had this great idea of, Hey, let's have the kids climb it. And if we had not done that, it would have really been a, a bust because it was such a powerful part of our show. And and that really changed even the whole way we were looking at everything. We, you know, where we say throw in the kitchen sink, there are many times that we look at stuff and say, you know what, this isn't enough. We need to try and find a way to reach 26,000 people. We want to try and maximize everything that we're doing. So as we go, as I was reading through those steps, I just can think over the past five years and in the 13 before that at Marion of so many times that we ended up having to do that or when we didn't, we really lost an opportunity. Did you, I know one did of the you ever see any opportunities that like came up in that where it was like, no, we could never do that. But then actually you did that. Oh, completely. Like there was a, a, a portion of the show a couple of years ago where Michael wanted us to be in this kind of X shape and he wanted the brass to be jazz running through that X while the woodwinds were around it where they were in four different triangles being intersected by those jazz running brass players. And I remember we set it up and we tried it the first time and I thought there is no way this is ever going to happen. Right. And the kid, you know, I even, I even talked about taking it out and the kids got intense that that was not coming out of the show. They were going to do whatever they had to. And it became a thing that really motivated all of us to up our game and up our physical game to make that effect work. Um, so that's it, the design is such a motivating factor. I know one of the things uh, that I thought would be really good to talk about too with this, Jeff, is you're kind of more on the, the drill writing side of this. Do you do better when people just say, we want to show about the color red? And just leave you to it? Or do you like more when they give you some key points to hit along the way of your drill writing process? Well, it kind of depends. I mean, sometimes I'm hired as the program coordinator. And in that case, yeah. if I'm the program coordinator and the drill writer, yeah, that's fine. Just let me let me do my thing and I'll talk to the right. guard instructor and do all that. But like when, when I'm just writing the drill, I'll, I will a lot of times I'll come back to the director and be like, this is not enough input. You know, this is right. your show. I'm, I'm, I'm literally just bringing your show to life visually here. And I have no idea what you want me to do here. I mean, I can just write dots, but no, nobody just wants dots, you know? So I, I, you know, sometimes I think about the compulsories thing though. I mean that it, it isn't a thing, but it really is a thing. I mean, like drill wise, Completely. you know, you have, you can't just march 120 beats a minute at eight to five, the whole show. I mean, we all know groups who do that, but you know, if you want to be successful, you have to build in large step sizes and smaller step sizes and faster tempos and slower tempos. So that's, that's kind of my job. A lot of times with drill writing is I, I find those places where I can make sure those fit the music. Um, the other thing is, you well, know, I think one, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, I think one of the things that, that Michael talks with us a lot about is not even so much about the idea of being successful, but the idea of being memorable. Uh, you know, I had the unfortunate, Wando had the unfortunate uh, pull to perform after this crazy band called Carmel High School twice <laughs> at Grand Nationals this past year. And one of the things that when we found out that that's where we were going to be, we often talk to the kids about you're going to be behind one of the best bands in the country. And you're going to need to be memorable to even have people stay in the seat to see us. And that was a really motivating factor for the students to, to get behind that idea of being memorable. So I think that for – and I, I'd finish up with this thought. Um, those ideas have to come from somewhere. If you have a program coordinator, that's awesome. If you don't, they have to come from you, the band director. And, you know, Marion especially, we didn't often have a program coordinator, so we would have to come up with those ideas and those thoughts. And it came from some crazy places. I can remember when we did The Passion Tree, I was listening to a PBS podcast on the way to doing a, a show consult, and they had talked about this idea of a tree that – uh, could would lose its leaves and immediately regenerate. And that was kind of the idea that spawned and made that big tree that uh, effect that we used in that show. You never know where the inspiration and motivation is going to come from. But the, the, the real truth is it has to come from somewhere. And I'm sure everybody can relate to that. I, I know I walked into Chris Crakey's office one time and he was like, you know, our fall show is going to involve like kind of like an Egyptian pyramids and like, you know, there's kind of a, like a alien vibe and maybe some cats. And I was like, cool. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> but then like the show itself ended up being nine lives, you know, it had nothing to yeah. do with Egyptians and aliens, but you know, you just, you throw all this stuff out there and I'm sure that was, you know, um, you know, Michael Townsend came up with that idea and, you know, I'm sure it was cool, but eventually he, he decided, you know, that's, that's not what we really want to do. If you're interested in taking a course that walks you through this process from start to finish, we've got great news for you. Jeff and I created a course that takes you through the planning stages of designing your marching band show over about four to five weeks. It's a series of videos and worksheets to help focus and motivate you to create the show you've always wanted. In part one, we'll teach you how to clearly describe your band's identity now and what you want it to be in the future. By defining your target audience and zeroing in on your goals, you'll have a clear understanding of your budget and how that relates to control over design versus cost, as well as getting the rock-solid plan in place for designers and companies that you want to hire. Next, you'll learn our proven system for organizing the difficult process of show design in the seven easy steps we just talked about. You'll also visit the 10 common elements of great marching band show design and construct timelines and flowcharts to map out the mood and story of your show. You'll also learn about the judging sheets and what you need to do for the best results and scores. In the final portion, we show you how to get into organization and communication overdrive. You'll have everything you need to send music arrangers and composers, guard designers, percussion arrangers and composers, drill designers, at your fingertips. You'll complete your show design in record time, and you can follow these shared step-by-step -step blueprint with your staff and designers. 
We've got a great deal for you. Just for our podcast listeners, we're making this course available until May 1st for the lowest price ever. Visit dynamicmarching.com slash product slash design, and you can get access to this course at half the price. Of course, you can get access to all our videos and courses for about $199 a year. So that may be a good option for you and your program as well. I know this is a quick podcast and it's all about our course, but I know this will help you. Before we wrap up, Bobby and I have a few things we'd like for you to do. Listen to our episodes and subscribe on your favorite podcasting host. Follow us on social media. Also, you can email us, share your wins and losses, and together we can learn to be better music educators. Share your questions and suggestions for topics that you'd like to hear on future podcasts. I'm the one that gives you the homework. So your homework this time is to reach out and ask another director about their show design process. Simply ask three questions. Number one, when do you start designing? Number two, who all is involved in that process? And number three, what is accomplished each month? Bobby, thanks for giving a homework assignment, but I don't really think we can sign off this week without talking about the elephant in the room. You've been accepted in the Midwest Clinic next year, and gosh, what is that like? What's going on? Well, when we first got the email, it was pure elation. And I was, you know, we had several people helping us with it, so I was texting and calling. And then after I finished that, I remember driving home ready to throw up. I mean, the right. reality of what that is, uh, is so powerful, but I, I think what's been, what's been really cool is, uh, we've done a lot of things to set us up for that. We've played the state convention. We've played at the university of South Carolina. Uh, our second bands played at the state convention. Our jazz bands played the state convention. We've done all these concert festivals. And so feel like we're as ready as we can be. Now, that process is really interesting. You know, the recording process is a feat in and to itself, but we could do I don't a whole think, podcast. On yeah, that. exactly. But I don't think people understand how the music selection works. Uh, so maybe I'll talk a little bit about that. That's sort of where we are right now in the process. So Midwest has a lot of rules. You know, the Midwest was built originally since there were no YouTube or iTunes, it was to show band directors new literature that was out. And so they still hold to that philosophy by making it so that 50% of your program has to be uh, published within the last year. So you have that parameter. Then you have another parameter of where they wanted to, instead of just everyone coming and playing the hardest stuff they could possibly do and having maybe those elite high schools directors only hearing stuff they make it so that half of your program has to be grade one two three and the other half is four five six it has to be equally distributed oh, wow. now yeah there there is the one caveat is that you can do one manuscript so one piece that's not published and even then you can only do two pieces from the same publisher so they're they really try hard to give to make each concert kind of a smorgasbord of grade one all the way through grade six, contemporary versus historical literature. And, and all that sounds great. And I know once I get the program put together, I'm going to be really happy about it. But right now I'm trying, I'm pulling my hair out. Because so I, know, I know Claudia Taylor Johnson's playing too. Have you talked to them about it at all? Have you talked to their director? 
Well, we actually spoke this summer. He and I have been kind of on this road together, and I, we haven't talked since we've gotten in. But I do know that we're hearing from some of the same composers. One of the one of the things I was just talking with Jeff about during our break was uh, each day now I get about three emails from composers sending us literature that they'd love for us to play, and which is awesome. But you spend a lot of time listening and trying to figure out: is this the best for the band? Is this the best? For for this concert and does it fit all the parameters from the Midwest group? So we're, we're still ferreting through how we can make that work. Uh, I would tell you that we're at a place where we have maybe four of the 10 pieces uh, mildly (laughs) chosen. (laughs) They're still, they're still pretty flexible. I think the one other thing I would say is we're trying hard to, to get some underrepresented composers in there. And I mean, not just the people, but different uh, classifications. We're trying to find female composers or uh, composers of color and different nationalities, as opposed to just some of the typical things that you might hear. Uh, we're trying to kind of branch out and get a pretty varied experience for our listeners. So, you know, as we go through this process, we'll keep you informed and maybe give you a little more insight into how this whole Midwest thing works. Uh, so while I'm learning, I hope to help you learn as well. Well, that's awesome. And actually a good friend of Bobby's and mine, Chris Catholic, he's the band director over at Brownsburg High School. They announced to their students last night that they were doing the Macy's Parade. I heard some yeah. of the same things from him. He's like, wow, this is awesome. We get to do Macy's. Oh, goodness. Uh, yes. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do of fundraising and you know, how does that all work and all that. So, right. We have all these, all these things that we aspire to do in this activity. And once they hit, you're like, wow, I got to figure out how to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think had we not been as prepared as we are, I would really be nauseous right now. Um, And even, even with our preparation, there's still all the things to decide travel company, fundraising, schedule, missing of school, close to Christmas break. How does that work? Uh, so uh, even with all of those things, there's still a lot to be done. And we're the good thing is we're really excited about doing that. And I think my biggest win from all this is our kids are excited. Uh, sometimes well, people yeah, those told kids me, are going to, they're going to have bonds with those other students that other groups that, you know, other concert bands don't have that you've taught. You know, I saw that with, right. With my son and the national concert band festival, it, you know, you have those extra rehearsals, that extra uh, goal that you're all working toward. That's going to be amazing for them. Yeah, I think that they're they see the the magnitude of what they're doing and the the national stage that they're trying to play on and and be relevant. And again, it's like we talked about with the marching show. We want to be memorable. When I think back, I've been to the Midwest every year since 2001, and I can come up with about seven different concerts that are really burned into my memory. You know, Marcus with Amanda Drinkwater, Carmel with uh, Mike Pote and Richard Saucedo when they came, David Starnes with Kennesaw Mountain, David Vandewalker with uh, Harrison High School, uh, Buholtz High School. There, there are several concerts that I can think back to as being, I walked out saying, I've got to be a better band director. Not I want to be a band director, but I've to, got, yeah. I have to get this better. And so if we can be a small part of that lineage, we will be thrilled. I will be thrilled if that's if that's something that we can do. That's kind of the goal we're trying to set for ourselves. 
Well, I, I think our audience, and I would love to he keep hearing about that process, and we'll make sure that we talk about that uh, over the next few months as well. Well, absolutely. Well, it, it may come from my hospital bed at some point, but <laughs> but as long as we can keep doing it, we're, we're going to keep trucking through. I'll be excited to talk about it. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert, and this has been That Band Life. <laughs>